Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, we're good and golden again for another episode. I have a personal update real fast. Won't take that long, but I think it's important because I'm... I don't want to say frustrated, but I'm confused. And so I want to share my confusion with you real quick before we get into our updates for today. So here's the story. I've been telling how I'm trying to get the heck out of Nevada and how Nevada's terrible. And I went back and forth. This is on casual talk radio, going back and forth about um, getting out of the West, getting out of Nevada. It's like the mission for me to get out of freaking Nevada. Nevada's horrible. The West coast is horrible. Anything West of the Rockies, pretty much horrible. And I was going back and forth with this dude on social media about the West. And he's like, it's all fine to me, as seems always the case. And the truth is I've lived in California, Colorado, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Of that list, Colorado isn't that bad, but it's, it's still the West. And there's still just this notion to do whatever. And there's no basic common sense with what we're dealing with. And so I get, frustrated being here in Nevada, seeing it's even worse than the other places I've been. Like even California wasn't this bad. California's issue is really about, you know, there's a bias around different things. And so I left California for opportunity, went to Washington, left Washington for opportunity, went to Colorado. I left Colorado because I had an incompetent manager at the time. And that was a mistake of not leaving, but just where I went, which is Oregon. Oregon was terrible. Can't pump your own gas, you know, that kind of garbage. And then Nevada was really just convenience for being near my, at the time, my first uh, client. I was trying to be close to them and be driving distance because it made better sense than being on the train. And it just was, it was a hard time. 2019 was rough. 2020 wasn't that bad, but it started to get rough. And then 2021 was terrible. 2021 was the worst. Well, I got to recovery here in 2022. I've been in a decent spot. And so now I'm trying to get the heck out of Nevada and I got to figure out where I'm going to go. And I've settled it as my first endeavor. They want me to be in a certain place. 
And I figured, okay, I'll go there. The problem is there's a lot of blatant, I can only describe as discrimination, not because of skin, but just the way that they do business. It's not fun. And so what I've been trying to work around is I got approved in every other state in the freaking country. I can go anywhere else, but the place where they want me to go, it's just hard to get there. I found a service. I have a service where they'll literally pay and they'll pay the rent if I miss a payment. That's how solid they are. And I'm already approved with it. I just need to have, they have to sign up to participate. Instead, these places will be like, well, why don't you call your mommy to get on the, and of course I'm old, I'm old as dirt. There is no getting mommy to sign on the app. So now, so now I finally found a property. It looks decent. I'm not a fan of the price, but it looks decent. Trying to get them on the horn so I can talk it through. And if that works, then this company should work. I don't see a reason it can't. I've got everything else covered. And if we can move it forward, I'll finally have what I need to get the hell out of here. And I'm, I wanted to share that excitement with you because it is huge for me to get out of Nevada. I can't express, express to you. And I want to summarize why I'm so excited, especially now. So the property company I'm in, they, they called a, a, you know, some service or whatever that came out, talked about the lawn because of these HOA cops they got out here and said, yeah, we're going to have to replace everything. So the summary is that the irrigation system is busted. I suspect the cats out here, there's stray cats running around, and I suspect they dug it up and tore up the line. Well, I wasn't going to pay thousands of dollars on a property I don't own. I refuse. So I let it die. And it's like, whatever. And then we had the heat wave really bad. So they come out and they're like, yeah, everything's dead. we got to replace it all, which doesn't surprise me, but I wasn't going to pay this. Property company's like, yeah, well, you, you have to take care of landscaping and all this. Do, do, do. So they're going to probably try to charge me for the service that they're forcing upon me, which that guy's going to show up uh, two days from now, come out and do whatever. I don't know if they're coming for another bid or if they're coming to actually do the work. I don't know. But the plan is to try to charge it back. And what I wanted to do was get out of here before that happened because I think it's crap. So that's on my mind. It's not a money issue now because I get paid with my two endeavors. Now it's just finding a company in the place where my first endeavor needs me where I can get this done. My second endeavor doesn't really care. As long as I keep them in the loop about where I'm at, they don't really care. It's all remote. So that's on deck right now. I've been working to try to figure all that out. And that's hopefully wrapping up here soon. And what kind of derailed my plans was seeing what was happening with the price movement of cryptocurrency, which was a little bit disappointing because it wasn't going in the direction that I had hoped it would go. And I started seeing some very troubling things. Speaking of troubling things, let's go ahead and jump over to that right now. So let's talk numbers right up at the jump, shall we? Starting with Ethereum, people have been criticizing. I don't want to say criticizing. That's not fair. They've been questioning my statement that everything looks like it's going down. And I tried to break it down on the weekly to show where I'm getting my data from. If you look at graphs, and I, it doesn't matter what tool you use, TradingView, Coindesk, Dex tools, it doesn't matter. If you look at the graphs, you want to, in my mind, you want to always look at the month chart. I find that the month chart is the most accurate predictor of where we're going to go. But here's the scam with all these different services. They'll default you to the one-day chart, and they do that on purpose to trigger FOMO activity. So they do it on the short because they see, oh, it's green right now, so I should buy it right now, deep, 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 because they know people get set off by the FOMO. That's why they do it. Whereas I don't like to look at the day or the hour or any of that. 
I look at the one-month chart. The one-month chart usually, not always, but usually is a great indicator of where things are going. And I prefer Coindesk's graph because it colors things in a way that makes more sense to me. And when I look at the graph and I see that it's more red than green, that tells me that we are not in a great spot and that we're not in a good position in a future state. So I can see that for an extended period of time, we're still in a red. I can see that it's trending downward. I can see that it's trying to push down. I can see downward pressure all the way through. I can also see where these tiny pumps really don't mean anything because they're shorter in duration than any past pumps that we had that were actually good pumps. So given all these together tells me that there's a downward pressure going across the board. So I, that's what I've been expressing for the past couple of weeks now and people haven't listened. No problem. It's okay. If people think I'm nuts, I don't, it's fine. Now I am seeing that there's a little bit relief of that pressure, at least for now. <laughs> and I gave the bet and I stayed, I stand by my bet that if Ethereum using it as an example goes beneath $900, I'll do live karaoke on the YouTube channel. And so then I'm watching the graphs and I'm seeing this weird shift of things, especially with Ethereum where one time, like just earlier, I think it was on the weekly, I predicted this thing looks like by the end of the week, it might go beneath a thousand dollars. And then all of a sudden we started getting more runs. So it tells me as a theory that we got some rich people who are trying to keep this thing from crashing. Cause I see these brief pumps going into Bitcoin, brief pumps going into Ethereum. And I can always speculate that there's gotta be rich people that are dumping in these to keep them from going beneath the bottom. Cause remember a lot of these richer folks are likely close to being, you know, liquidated because they're long, they're long and it's crashing or, you know, they're short and there's somebody else pumping it or something's happening behind the scenes. I suspect it's longs. <laughs> where people saw that there was rise for a couple months and they figured, okay, this is going to get us back to 2021. And then all of a sudden it craps again. I suspect that's what it is. And I suspect people are buoying it, you know, trying to bolster it to try to keep it from going beneath the level. So then I look at the graph today and all of a sudden I'm seeing that Ethereum, it's not in a healthy state, still trending down, but nowhere near what I saw even as early as Sunday. It looks in a decent spot to the point that we're right back to the uh, Q1 of 2023, where it would go beneath $1,000. And I don't see it going as low as, you know, four or $500 anymore. It looks like it's stabilized. Well, this is good and bad. And you wonder, well, how's it good? And how's it bad? It's good because if it's true that we are stabilizing, why ever that catalyst? It means that we don't have to necessarily be as concerned, at least in the short term, potential of cryptocurrency. Part of the problem with this negative sentiment and for lasting as long as it has is that we're not getting new money in cryptocurrency. The chatter around is that crypto's a scam, crypto's this with the FTX and the Voyagers and everything else. People are less confident in what cryptocurrency has to offer. So we want to see that there's some upward pressure. Finally, we want to see there's some relief and that we're moving in the right direction. And that hasn't happened in a long time until what appears to be now at least past what it was before no longer is it as dire as I was seeing in terms of a trend direction. So while I do see downward, I don't see the excessive downward I saw before. And hopefully we'll get to where we get some upward pressure here in the near, next couple of days. We'll look at it Thursday again and we'll see if we're trending back upward, which is what I really would like to see. I'm still positive about the, the long-term sentiment of cryptocurrency by far and away. 
I don't think that we're in a situation where we're going to completely crap the business out like it's just done. It feels like we just have this rough patch that's been lasting way too dang long, and I think everybody would agree with it. Here's the catch. I only see that sentiment shift largely around Ethereum. And I mentioned this before, that if something was going to recover stronger, it felt like Ethereum was going to recover stronger, felt like BNB, Binance Coin, was going to recover stronger, where Bitcoin doesn't seem to have the same strength of recovery. I see recovery, but nowhere near the same strength. It's not to the point where I still see that at some point it's going to go beneath $10,000, but I don't see it as bad and certainly not as quick as I once did. Time will tell if I get all this right. This is just based on the graph movement and graph patterns that I see that I encourage you to take a look and see if you can piece out the same things that I'm seeing using the month chart. Keyword is the month chart. The year chart's also enlightening as well if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about this stuff. I'm going to cover a couple of news points. And these are just for awareness more than anything else. So the news came out that one of the congressmen, Republican congressmen, was actually <laughs> behind a pump and dump in cryptocurrency, Rep Cawthorn, LGB coin. I have never heard of the LGB coin myself personally, but the House Ethics Committee, they did a report. There was an investigation done. They found that he violated rules. He had a financial interest in this LGB coin. Now, it's not so bad that he had an interest in the coin because, as I said on the other episode, Ted Cruz has bags of Bitcoin. I guarantee you many of the rest of them have bags of Bitcoin. That's not unusual. But the rules say that if anybody who's in a government, you know, federal government position, they have to disclose those holdings. That's why Ted Cruz had to disclose he has these Bitcoin holdings. Cawthorn did not disclose this LGB holding that he had off to the side. He apparently had bought a major bag. He wailed into it back at the end of 2021, and then he dumped them over time. Well, that's essentially a pump and dump. And he was actually out there promoting it, shilling it, and shilling it face-to-face to people that he met, even when the token was crapping. So now <laughs> we got the highest levels of government, in this case Congress, out there shilling a pump and dump token. So it's not just the shady. Crypto has just shady people all the way around. And greed drives this. Greed pushes it forward. He was tempted by greed, but you got to think about this. This is a person whose salary was probably even higher than the money he made off of this garbage. But he was tempted, and it's a temptation. It's a gambling addiction for some people. They get tempted, they jump into something like this, and he truly did wail into this project. And then essentially dumped after pumping the pump and dump, right? He was shilling it and then decided to dump off of it. It does not surprise me at all. But what did surprise me, what we found out later about this guy, apparently he was he was involved in a cocaine-fueled orgy, right? So it's like Wolf of Wall Street made real. Like this guy was the poster child for everything wrong with cryptocurrency. Every single I it didn't, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me. So I'm calling it to attention just so you're aware that the virus of greed, that, you know, the, the people who just, they go after garbage tokens, the pump and dumps, the shillers, we're not just talking low-level YouTube people here. We're talking some of the people in the highest level of Congress. And if I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there's other people in the government who are going after garbage tokens and they're not disclosing it. I guarantee you, he just was a fall guy and there's more of this crap going on. I guarantee you this. If anybody is in cryptocurrency, you should be thinking about your taxes because, of course, we're getting close to tax season in April in the United States. If you're using your tax tools, 
you should be employing some of these to help you with your crypto taxes. Certainly hope that you're paying your crypto taxes because you're supposed to, and there are tools out there to help you do that. One of those is CoinTracker, and I'll give you a brief update on what happened. CoinTracker's service provider, so not them, but one of their third-party service providers got breached, and their email addresses were leaked. Now, here's the problem. You may not know, but your email address, if you use your email on certain public search facilities, you can get access to somebody's name, possibly their phone number, possibly their real address, simply off the email address itself. So if your email address gets breached in this form, it still puts you at risk with your name, possibly your phone number. And if it's a mobile number, you're setting yourself up possibly for email spam and text message spam. So I sent out on social media and just said, FYI, this is what the risk is because for those that didn't know that are listening, by the way, welcome. I have technical degrees. I have more certificates in technology than even I remember. I, I have tons of technology certifications and I understand how this, this dark web, quote unquote, works. I understand the collection of data. I actually was doing a search for a friend of mine, found her information in just the white pages. People forgot the white pages are a thing. It's very easy to find basic information about people. But if you give your mobile number to anything at all, it becomes public record and you can find it. And if you find it, you can text message spam people. Well, Leister does not hold a cell phone. I might find that surprising, but I'm like, screw that. I will not do. I have a tablet. There is no cell phone per se. I have a phone number. It can do text messages, but there's not a mobile device. There's no tracking of Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net. So for me, I'm not affected by this at all, but I figured I would share it because it was concerning to see that this email list got breached. CoinTracker responded and basically said, yeah, it's not your, we didn't have your name, we didn't have that. And I want to be clear. It's not that they breached the information. It's that your information was breached because the email was breached. And it wasn't their fault, but it's still their service provider. So I'm sharing. No, definitely. This was a symptom of their service provider failing, ultimately. And because it failed, it means that your information is put at risk. And I'm simply calling to attention. Be aware that you're going to have to possibly look out for text message spam, email spam, phishing, which means that somebody might reach out with what appears to be a valid email from a service that you use. Just be diligent, be aware, and be careful. Just keep yourself safe. On the other side of this, though, there's another service that was promoted when this happened called Coinly with a K. Well, Coinly recently announced that they're going to be cutting 14% of their staff because they're struggling right now. And because of the bear, because of what's happening in cryptocurrency, it's hard for them to sustain business. The nature of their business model, of course, is somewhat seasonal because they really, they track data year round, but they don't need excessive people year round. They only really need people near the tax season filing most of the time. For businesses, it's kind of quarterly. But they said that ultimately because of this bear winter that we're going through, it's really hard for us to do this. And they speculate that a lot more people are not reporting their taxes on their taxes, the crypto that they have or the value of it. I'm, I don't know whether to think what to think about that statement. Frankly, I'm questioning whether that's a true statement, but they said that people are basically ducking their taxes essentially is what it is. So I think everything's suffering. I think you heard, you know, Twitter was cutting almost half the staff and Meta, formerly Facebook's cutting staff, Amazon's cutting staff. Everybody's basically cutting at some level. And I covered on Casual Talk Radio, our sister podcast, about the fact that the timing of this was rather ironic because any business that took 
the funds from the government to help keep employees. During the pandemic, they were using that money to prop up their employee base just to get the money out of it. And then if they took the other type of loan, now they got to pay that back because that's coming due. And they figure, okay, let's just cut staff because it's an easy way out. That's also, I believe, in my opinion, playing a factor into this whole business. I can't say 100%. I'm just saying from my perspective, this is what I see and this is what I think is going to be the case going forward that there's going to be more of these cuts long term. Now, let's talk big picture because this was a subject near and dear to my heart. And I want to talk for the rest of the episode. It won't take that long, but I want to talk about this overall. And it's this concept of what I say, personal opinion, probably no YouTube person will ever share anything about this or say anything about it, or people probably call me a, a quote, futter, whatever. I'm sharing it because there may be at least one listener that's involved, and I want to share what I saw, and I make no accusations. I'm sharing what I saw as statements that you can verify yourself, and I encourage you to do so. It's been a long time since I've covered a so-called underdog token, and the reason for this is that we don't have very many, at least somewhat quality underdog tokens being released in the bear market. Certainly there are tokens that are being released, but the volume and the velocity of tokens being released has gone down. And what is being released, I would not argue are quality tokens. As a result, I don't do excessive coverage on them. However, there was a couple of tokens that were called to attention and I watched them. I did not do coverage prior to this because I was trying to let them play out, see what was going to happen. One of these tokens is called shift token. Shift token presents itself as around, you know, workout, fitness, that kind of thing. And I know there's been coverage on it from various YouTube folks. I've seen it on social media. Anybody that's heard me for a while knows my policy is if it gets hype on social media, I'm less likely to do anything about it. I was browsing around social media for a different reason, and I stumbled across a couple of people that claimed that this shift token was a rug pull. And that was interesting because it seemed, at least on the surface, to be a credible project. So I dug a little bit just for curiosity's sake. And what I found was concerning. And that's what I want to share here today. Because if somebody was in either of this project set, I want to bring it to attention for you to do your own due diligence and research and see what you might choose to do or not to do about it. With the shift token, I didn't see that there was a rug pull from what I could tell, but the graph did certainly crap out. It went pretty dang south, pretty dang fast. And it was, again, surprising because it got a lot of promotion, a lot of hype and everything else. Liquidity is locked, so I didn't see a problem there. I was looking in blockchain around some of the wallets that were doing major dumps. And I happened to see that it appeared like someone in the side of the project was loading liquidity. They were adding to the liquidity pool, but then they were doing essentially what I can only describe as embezzlement, where they were taking like a really small chunk of USDC off every time in this transaction set. So you'd see all this, okay, load liquidity, do this, do this, do this. And then there's a like $400 or $500 of USDC, which is really weird. I'd never seen of a project. I'd never seen anything like this. And maybe, right, they're using the USDC for something for the project itself. I didn't go that deep, just that this was a little bit peculiar. I dig a little bit deeper, and some of the wallets are tied to a different token called Lit Token. I didn't do any research on Lit Token at all, but that was a bit odd because I knew that Lit Token was also getting a lot of hype on social media. And it was odd to see that the developer, what appears to be a developer wallet on the Shift Token, is somehow associated with the Lit Token project, which is also getting hype roughly around the same time. 
Okay, that's kind of odd. Well, with Lily Finance now, Lily Finance, I was digging on that one for a different reason, and I found a wallet address that was connected to the deployer. But then the deployer was connected to Lucky Roo, which is a different token project. Now I'm starting to get more concerned because I'm seeing this pattern of tokens where they're connected with a different token that appears to be completely unrelated, but there's this connection via the deployer wallets or via some developer wallet where I don't want to describe it as Ponzi, but saying that it's very close to Ponzi because if you're using funds, as I said, from A to benefit B, that's a Ponzi scheme. I'm not making the affirmation of anything. I'm saying and calling to attention, I did see those connections on these four tokens at least. And my call to action to you would be, if you're in projects and it seems like their price movement is kind of questionable at best, do some digging and try to see if there's, there's those connections. And I know blockchain is a little bit involved. It's difficult to follow it, but it's a good learning opportunity too, to look for these connections that might lend themselves to risk. Because if you have a token project that's using your money to benefit a separate group of people, that's a Ponzi scheme, uh, bottom line. So I, I don't know what to make of what I saw. I'm simply calling to attention, shift token, for whatever reason, has that connection to lit. I don't know what the connection is. I don't know what it means. Shift has a, what appears to be a slight form of embezzlement of USDC. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's legit or there's something happening. Don't know that answer. And then on the Lily side, there's a connection to Lucky Roo, and I don't know why. And I can't think of a reason why. So for anybody out there in those, something to potentially at least look at. And it's concerning to see so many start popping up in this connection between projects like that. It's, you know, you don't see that much. Like in the past, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. In 2021, it wouldn't surprise me. You had all the time. I did coverage on the whole, uh, what was that project uh, with the dog, uh, Leica. And I did coverage on the Leica deal on YouTube. And I was talking about the different intersects and the fact that apparently these people had been involved with SHIB and involved with Kishu and involved with Floki and involved with, you know, Kuma and all these other ones. It was like this whole big thing. So in that time, it didn't surprise me, 2021. Now it's a little bit unusual where it just raised some concerns that I bring to attention. So big picture, I, I see that crypto's somewhat stabilizing. So that's at least good for what it is. Hopefully it lasts. That's my hope. I'm optimistic and hopeful that it lasts. I can't say that it will or won't last, only that Q1 still looks like it's going to be a problem, at least right now. And hopefully something shows up, some catalyst that reverses course and gets us right back on track. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really 
looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.